0: In this episode, I'm sharing my personal story with my credit score. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps Big Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, uh, I'm getting a little personal here. I'm uh, kind of pulling back the curtain and sharing some things that I don't think you're supposed to share. I don't know. I've never really seen anyone like really talk about this and and um, uh, talk about what they are going through or what they went through when it comes to this so, I don't know. It just feels like something that I've learned so much about in the last year and I've struggled through so much um, just sort of the emotional pain of it in the last year. And I know there's so many people listening to this that probably feel the same way, probably are struggling with this now. And if there's any piece of my story that can help, then it seems like it's worthwhile. So in today's episode, we are going to be looking at the last year of my quote-unquote battle, uh, to be a little bit dramatic, with my credit score. And we're going to be looking at what the actual numbers were, the causes for it, sort of my history with things like this, what I've done to change it, uh, the results of it so far. And uh, what I plan to do going forward. So hopefully something in this will be helpful to those of you struggling with this. And if you're not struggling, if you've never really struggled with your credit score, that's awesome. Keep that up. Hopefully this episode will help someone in your life. So do me the favor, do them the favor, and just share it with them if you know someone who is struggling with this. Now, before we jump into the episode, I do have to, of course, remind you to take the survey. This episode was actually uh partially inspired by survey results thus far and so i want to i want to create more content like this i want to create more content that can help you directly help you solve a specific problem you have in your life the only way i can do that is if i know what those problems are so take the survey head over to www.tinyleaps.fm/survey it'll take 5 minutes maybe even less but you'll help me to create better content for you so that this show can be the show that finally helps you change your life. And as a bonus for taking the time, you're going to get entered for a chance to win one of three $50 Amazon gift cards. So I'm doing that drawing at the end of the month and you have to take the survey to be entered. So head over to www.tinyleaps.fm slash survey. Okay, so let's get into the episode. Um I think the best place to start is sort of just to talk about the historical data on this, and and by data I mean experience, my experience. Um, I have never really had a great credit score. Um, of course, when I was younger, it was just sort of being established, and so it wasn't great for those reasons. But then, as I've gotten older, I've never really had a strong understanding of what factors really affected it. What um, what was important, what wasn't important, uh, what to prioritize. I never really had the income to be able to, to manage it in the way that I needed to. Uh, and just, a, quite frankly, a pure lack of understanding. Uh, and, and one of the things that I think is often overlooked about sort of the immigrant story here is that the credit system in America is not the same system everywhere. And so while some of the same factors do matter in other countries, um, the systems are completely different. And so when you immigrate to this country, very often, you have to learn that system from scratch, you have to understand it from scratch with oh, the only real way to do that is to sort of take the punches. So because my family and I immigrated here when I was younger, a, a consequence of that was that my, my parents, uh, my family, the people that I sort of grew up around, they didn't fully understand the credit system either. Um, they didn't fully understand what was important what wasn't and so uh, as I got older and I started to develop my credit it was kind of just figuring it out as I went along um, and and so where that led me was never really having a good score sort of always struggling to uh, to to maintain it and keep things going and always sort of that roller coaster of things going up and then dropping and going up and dropping. And uh, to, to put it into a little bit more context and give you specific numbers, I've never had a score of even a 700. Like it's never actually made it to that point. So I've always been 600 whatever and below how that has sort of affected me up to this point in my life it hasn't been a major issue because I've never really needed to outside of going to school I never really needed to borrow money for anything Um, now of course it meant when I opened credit cards I had lower limits but I didn't really spend much money to begin with so it didn't really matter all that much uh, until this past year Uh, because I was self-employed. I've been self-employed now for about two years, and Rachel and I needed to move. Uh, And and as many of you probably know, and if you don't, this is the first lesson, uh, your credit score is important in applying for apartments. Like That is a thing that they care about, because that's how they um, assess the risk of whether or not you'll be a good tenant. So this time last year, January of 2019, I kind of screwed myself. So prior to that, my score, I believe, was in the 600s, maybe 630, 640. Um, and I have I've, uh, multiple student loans. One of them, I've never been able to pay consistently because of sort of the cost of the other loan, right? And so one of them has, uh, well, four of them have much higher interest rates, They're private loans, uh, and and the other eight, which are all government loans, and they're split into eight different loans. uh, But I make one payment on them, they have much lower interest rates. So I was advised by the loan company that I could get a lower payment, a sort of an income-based repayment based on that government loan. But in order to do so, I had to allow the... Essentially, I had to prove that I couldn't pay it, right? Show them that I couldn't pay it by ha- having it be late. And, and so I was doing that. And I remember getting an email uh, in December... At the or maybe October, I'm not really sure what month, but uh, 2017. I remember getting this email saying that it was 60 days past. Uh, now, if you're not uh, familiar on 90 days past, that's when most uh, lenders will report it to the credit bureaus, right? So some will report earlier, but most by 90 days it'll be reported. Uh, I knew for a fact that this specific loan, this these government loans, were 90 days. So I was keeping track of everything. And I remember getting the 60 day notice still hadn't been reported. Um, and then I'm not sure what happened. I just lost track of time, essentially, like I I, I screwed myself. Let's, let's be completely honest. I, I wasn't organized about it. I was trying to sort of do what was advised to me. But I I wasn't good enough at it to be able to actually do it without facing the consequences. And and so, uh, before I knew it, it was 90 days. It got reported. Now, normally that by itself is bad, right? Having one delinquency is bad because it was actually eight loans, eight separate loans, even though I've made one payment because it was actually eight separate loans. It counted as eight separate delinquencies each of 90 days past. Um, And that dropped my score by about 200 points. So at the beginning of January 2019, I had a score of, I think, like 440, which, as you can imagine, caused a minor heart attack, especially because I knew that there was a a decent chance that sometime in that year I was going to need to move and I was going to need access to a good credit score to be able to do that uh, especially since i was self-employed and that by itself is already seen as is relatively risky so i started 2019 uh in the 400s and this was a massive massive wake-up call so when we get back i'm going to tell you exactly what i've done in the past year uh where my score is now and the tools that I've been using to uh, keep track of things. And hopefully from that experience, from the recommendations of, of the different tools and such, uh, you'll you'll find something that you can apply to your situation. So stick around for that. Did you know learning an instrument has been shown to reduce stress, boost your immune system, and enhance brain development? This episode is brought to you by Fender Fender Play is the complete online learning platform for guitar, bass, and ukulele. With Fender Play, you can play your first song in just minutes with short, easy-to-follow lessons taught by experienced instructors. What makes it different? Well, Fender Play features a step-by-step, song-driven learning path tailored to your music taste and built around your schedule, all from your phone, tablet, or computer. With a Fender Play membership, you can master chords, songs, and techniques at your own pace with bite-sized lessons you can watch anywhere, anytime. You can track your progress in the app so you can pick up where you left off. You can share your success and get support from instructors in Fender's exclusive online community. And you can get unlimited access to hundreds of lessons and features for an entire year all for less than the average cost of one traditional music lesson. Longtime listeners of the show know that I love music. In fact, I've been playing or been involved with music pretty much ever since elementary school. And I remember a few years back, back in high school, I was trying to teach myself how to play the piano and just constantly, constantly getting frustrated. I spent so much time trying to read the sheet music that I could never really, like, actually play anything. And... Because I, everything was moving so slow and I didn't have the support that I needed, I ended up just quitting. And unfortunately, I, I never really learned how to play. Now, I've always wanted to play guitar. That's another instrument I'm fascinated by. But kind of just from the being scarred uh, with the piano experience, I just never really bothered trying. And that's why I'm so excited about Fender Play because it gives you step-by-step approaches to learning the guitar on your own time. Now, I have an incredible deal for Tiny Leaps listeners. I've been talking to Fender Play and we worked something out. New members can try Fender Play free for two weeks and save 50% off a Fender Play annual plan. But the only way you can take advantage of this offer is by going to Fender.com slash podcast. That's Fender.com slash podcast podcast and be sure to use our special offer code tiny leaps at checkout that's the only way you get the offer that's fender.com/podcast and the offer is only available until monday january 20th at midnight pacific time so act fast visit fender.com/podcast and use our special offer code tiny leaps to try it for free save 50% when you upgrade to the annual plan and start learning today And we thank Fender Play for sponsoring the podcast. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development, and you end up falling behind. Well, there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly, highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books, and Blinkist is made to help busy people like you stay on top and compete. You want to get the main points of books quickly so that you can start using the information right away. And that's what Blinkist is all about. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. And it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health. And history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. Now, one of the books that have been on my to read list for a long time is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It's one of the books I hear about constantly, but just haven't had a chance to pick up yet. Thankfully, with Blinkist, I can go through it in 15 minutes and then decide if I want to pick up the full book or not. Talk about a time and money saver. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for Tiny Leaps listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash Tiny Leaps to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to start your free seven day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps. All right, so we are back and we're talking about my credit score journey in the last year and sort of what I've learned, what I've had to do in order to improve it, and hopefully something in my experience will help you in your own journey. Now, I do have to say and I want to say that... Your situation is going to be different from mine. I was able to make more money in the last year, and I'm going to be talking about that. I was able to uh, improve a lot of my financial management practices. And so there's some things that I could do that you may not be able to. So don't take this as a step-by-step guide to improve your score. That's not what I'm offering you. I just wanted to be transparent about where I'm at what I've done to get here, where I was, um, and what I'm doing to keep moving forward. So with all of that said, uh, when we left, we talked about how my score had dropped over 200 points, uh, basically because I, I I wasn't responsible. I wasn't keeping track of things the way that I should have. Now, as of today, uh, my score has actually gone up. A little over 220 points since that time. Now, obviously, it's not plus 220 in the last week. It's been a full year, a little over a year uh, since the drop, and I'm now at a 668, which is uh, not the highest I've ever been, but... Definitely a decent range. It's it's the kind of range that if I did need some kind of a loan, I could theoretically get it. The interest rate would still be pretty high, but I, I could get it. I'm not as risky as I was. So progress has been made. How did I make that progress? Well, there are... Um, some really important habits that I've developed in the last year that has sort of allowed me to get here and that will take me to the next place, which is over 700. Ideally, over the next uh, few years, then we'll, we'll be moving up towards an 800 score. Uh, so, what are some of those habits? Well, number one is, and, and this is going to sound funny, but I've been talking about on this show for a while now that I log into my bank accounts every single day. The reason I do that is to keep my finances top of mind. It's not so much about um, uh, that I log in and I do anything in, in particular. It's just about the act of logging in. It's about the act of seeing the accounts and knowing what's going to happen that day or what has happened in the last 24 hours since my last login. It's so that nothing happens that I'm not immediately aware of. And that was an incredibly important habit to build uh, purely from a let's keep this as a conscious activity uh, side of things, meaning I'm less likely to spend money if I'm logging in and seeing my seeing my accounts because it's now top of mind. I'm less likely to pull out my card unconsciously and just swipe for no reason. Uh, so things are always top of mind. And, and number two, that act was incredibly important for the next piece, which was I put everything, everything that I possibly could on auto pay. Now, the reason I did that is because... I know that if I have to remember to log in and go in and manually pay it with everything having different uh, uh, payment dates and uh, what, like, I I was going to forget. And that's largely what has happened over the last five, 10 years of uh, having any kind of credit whatsoever is I would just forget. It's not so much that the money isn't there. I would just forget. And so rather than trying to trick myself and believe that oh i'm all of a sudden now i'm gonna be responsible i'm gonna log in and pay it on time i'm just gonna put it on auto pay i'm just gonna make sure it gets paid on time because ultimately that's all that matters the bank accounts the the credit card accounts they don't care if you manually log in and pay it or if you set up a card and they charge it they don't care they just want their money so at the end of the day rather than trying to 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 fool myself into thinking i'm gonna change this habit of mine I'm, i'm No, I'm just going to play to what I know are my weaknesses and build a system around it. And that is that is what going on auto pay did. Now, auto pay is dangerous by itself because it means that money's coming out when you may not be super aware of it coming out. And that means your bank account, if you are living on a, a razor thin margin, which I have been for a very long time, less so now, but. I spent a very long time self-employed in that exact scenario. Auto pay can be dangerous for that situation. That's part of why I started logging in every day, because it meant that only 24 hours, or or rather not even 24 hours, but just barely 24 hours would pass before I knew exactly what was going on with my account. It wasn't going to be three days. It wasn't going to be five a week, like, Something happened yesterday. I was aware of it because I logged in. If anything happened between then and the next time I log in, I'm going to be aware of it. And that means avoiding overdraft fees. That means avoiding uh, uh, penalties. That means being able to make sure money is in my account where it needs to be, when it needs to be there, because I'm now much more aware of what is happening in every 24 hour cycle. So that was an incredibly, incredibly important piece of the puzzle in order to make the other pieces work, both for the habit of it and for being aware of what's happening so that auto pay doesn't screw me over. Finally, the last big thing that, uh, or, or not really the last, this is sort of a 3.5, I guess. Uh, one of the last big things that I did was get very, very serious about paying down my debts. So this was always something that was important to me, it was in the back of my mind, but uh, I I could always find a reason not to, right? I've spent a lot of time in my career thus far focused on how do I increase my income? How do I make more? How do I make more? How do I make more? Um, And not as much time thinking about how do I keep more and also not as much time thinking about how do I uh, uh, pay down the debts so that I'm not putting massive chunks towards that every single month. Um, and this was sort of the realization that I needed to get serious about it. I think at the time, uh, this, this like last January, when I lost 200 points on it, I think I was at like 50% utilization. And, And for those of you who aren't familiar, credit card utilization is just the percentage of your total credit that is being utilized. So if you have a credit line of $10,000 and you've spent 6000 on it, uh, so you owe that credit card or, or those credit cards $6,000, then you are at a 60% credit card utilization. Um, I think I was at like 50%. Now, it's recommended that you keep it below 30 and that's in the good range. I believe it's 10 to 30 is the good range. Um, 0 to 10 is excellent. So, one of the big things I did in the last year was get from that 50%, I believe I'm at 25% as of this recording, um, and that that's actually not true because I made a payment that hasn't shown up yet, so it's a little bit less than 25%, whatever number it ends up being, but I brought it below that 30%, and the goal is to get it from zero, between that zero to 10. Why? Well, because those delinquencies are going to sit on my account most likely for the next seven years, um, and... I can't control that. There's nothing I can do about it. It it happened. It's been reported. I've called every every person that I possibly could call. There's nothing that can be done uh, that wouldn't just hurt my credit even more. So, I just have to control the pieces that I do control. Utilization, I control. On time payments going forward, I control. Um, I I control the number of total credit lines. I I don't need to be opening anymore right now. I control the average age of my oldest credit line. Why? Because I've had credit since I was 17. So thankfully, there's about 10 years total. Um, If I open a new card right now, that's going to bring down the average slightly. So I control a decent number of factors in this. None of them necessarily are as weighted as uh, the the on-time payments over time. So I can't do anything about that because those delinquencies are going to be there for a while. But I can at least control everything else. And by getting serious about that, that leads to sort of the point five or the the number four on this, which was very, very aggressively simulating what I should be focused on. So if you've ever used a tool like Credit Karma or Credit Wise, if you have a Capital One account, uh, I think you might actually be able to just open a Credit Wise account. But if you've used Mint, Credit Karma, uh, Credit Wise, any of these sort of like any of these uh, credit tracking tools, most of them are free, then they give you simulations. And what you can do is punch in what would happen if I paid off all my debt and brought that down to zero and it'll tell you what your score will do it'll tell you what happens if you make on time payments for the next two years Um, so you can punch in these simulations one by one see what it does to your numbers and take the action that has the biggest effect now I will say that it's not always accurate Uh, It's not always 100% accurate. It is called a simulation for a reason. Um, To to give a a very specific story on this, when we were applying for apartments, I still only had a 500-something score. Not nearly enough. We actually got denied four apartments as a result of it, or at least one apartment as a result of it. And one of the things I tried to do was simulate what would happen if I made... Uh, a large payment on one of my cards it told me that my score would jump up by about 30 points uh, which I thought would at least look better it still wasn't great but it would at least look better less risky Um, and I made that payment and it just never happened like that just did not play out now a big part of that is quite frankly they can't account for everything. It is a simulation. And so all you can really do is make a plan based on any information you can gain, and then try and follow the plan. And And even if it doesn't work immediately, over time, it will. Because ultimately, keeping your credit score good is far more about the habits you have uh, than it is about really any other factor. Yes, how much you make It it matters a lot Um, uh, how much debt you have. All of these things matter. But if you're able to focus in on having better spending habits, uh, on, on focusing on the right things, on making sure that things are paid on time always, even if it's the minimum, you can increase your score. It just might take a while. And that is the most painful part about credit scores is that it does take a while. Like the score I have now, it would have been amazing to have when we were applying for apartments, but it didn't jump up quickly enough. And so now I have that score and I don't really need it, but I need to make sure I protect it for the next time that I do need it. And that's ultimately what is uh, important is you you don't want to screw up your habits when you don't need it, because then when you do, you won't have the things that you need to to move forward and to get the lowest rates and to do whatever it is you're trying to do. So I want to leave you with this. There are a few tools that I've found in the last year that have helped me dramatically uh, as far as keeping track of my score and simulating what I should be focused on. Uh, one of them I mentioned is Credit Karma. If you're not familiar with it, it is a free credit score tracker thing that every time you open it, like it doesn't put a hard uh, mark on your your credit score. So it doesn't affect the score in any way. It just tracks it, which is a part of why it can't be as accurate as it could be because they don't want to actually hit your score. Um, but it is fairly accurate and, and useful. Um, I would combine that with another one, uh, I use credit wise for the second. And the reason I use both is because neither of them hit your account, uh, your your score rather hard, but they do have different information sometimes. And sometimes the simulations are different. So it's good to have multiple sources of information on uh, helping you figure out what to prioritize and what to do next. And then the third thing I would focus on is uh, getting an Experian account and they have free accounts, so you don't have to pay for it. And they have free accounts. It's another credit score tracker, but Experian is uh, often used over, let's say, the TransUnion, for example in certain industries, certain types of loans. So just getting familiar with your experience score as well. Uh, and if you do want to, you you can pay to also track your TransUnion and your Equifax and all of the different, the three bureaus, because uh, they all report things differently. Some accept certain things on your, your, uh, your mark, and that's why your score is different in all different places. It's a whole wide world of insanity, and that's why it's so difficult to keep track of. But ultimately, it just comes down to developing the right habits. So wherever you are in this, uh, whether you you are doing incredibly well or you are struggling with it, just focus on the financial habits that you have. Find the right tools. Use some of the ones that I've recommended and do the best that you can. That That's ultimately what this comes down to. I hope this was helpful to somebody out there. If you know someone that you think this could help out, if they're struggling with their score, they really need to figure this out, send it to them. Let them know that this is there for them. If you have a, a teenager in your life who's just starting to build their credit, send this episode to them. Uh, hopefully it can save them years of frustration uh, that that I and, and many others have had to go through. So, I hope this is helpful. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to connect further, leave a comment down below over on YouTube or connect with me wherever you you, you are listening and wherever you want to connect with me. I'm at Greg Clunis on pretty much everything. Thank you so much for being here. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.